back. Praise God. I could do the moonwalk too. Praise the Lord. I was a really good moonwalker in ice in junior high school. We used to have these things at the roller rink called thank you. We used to have these things at the roller rink called sock hops. You remember those? Oh, yeah. yeah, all the older people. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I remember that. I said older, not old. Praise God. I was there too. But man alive, they bring Michael Jackson on that speakers out there, man. People just start going nuts. I mean nuts, spinning on the ground and the whole thing. But then somebody would just take over with the moonwalk, man. I mean, they'd just start going at it. So anyway, um, God bless you all for being here tonight. Boy, it's getting dark earlier. Praise God. But that also means better weather. Hallelujah. I love the weather right now. It's getting better and better and better. We're going to find ourselves in a good six months of paradise. Praise the Lord. And we'll be able to put on our social media pages to all those in the north. Praise the Lord. Well, it was 70 degrees today. Oh, it was 70 degrees the day before, and it'll be 70 degrees tomorrow. And then the day after that, it's going to be 70 degrees. And then the day after that, it's 70 degrees. Oh, and by the way, sunshine, 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 sunshine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's been a long, hot summer, amen. Well, I want to talk to you tonight. We're in week three of four. So next week is the last week of the 30-day gratitude challenge. I hope you're working on your workbooks, but I also understand that it takes discipline to do that, doesn't it? It just really, really does. And so don't get worried about whether or not you're caught up to where we are right now. Just start doing the work. In fact, uh, I went through it like I explained to you in week one. And uh, some days I would just do two days all at one time. I just sit down and do two days. Or sometimes I do two to three days. And I could just get ahead of the, of the game a little bit, get myself caught back up again. But I promise you, if you'll go through those questions, I had a, a man approach me on Sunday. And he said, I, I just, I have to talk to you. And I said, oh, okay, well, what's going on? He said, I'm only on week one of, of the Gratitude Challenge workbook. And he said, I, I'm telling you, I, I, my whole life is, is changed. And he started to describe, I won't go into the details, but he started to describe what he, was happening, and it brought him back 30, 40 years ago. And it brought to mind things that were buried so deep down inside of him as he started to practice gratitude. And he said that it's, it's been transformational for him. And what I wanted you to know is, and I told him the same thing. I said, week one is great because you're kind of scratching the surface. You're starting to reveal what gratitude is really all about. It's not just, well, I'm grateful for the sunrise. Well, maybe you are truly grateful for the sun, sunrise. But are you feeling grateful for the sunrise? Like, like, have you ever sat there and go, oh, my goodness, that's the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen. Oh, I'm so appreciative that this little tiny blue ball just, you know, somehow goes around and around that thing and we don't blow up and we don't get thrown off and it's at the perfect distance so that we don't burn up or freeze to death and, you know, the whole thing. And you can go deep just in one little thing. And what you're going to find is, and we talked about the, uh, in week one, just the introduction of what gratitude can do for you. 
Gratitude is the most, one of the most powerful things you can do. In fact, that theme scripture that I, I keep hounding you about, I keep putting right back at you, it's in that 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. What's God's will for you? Be thankful in every circumstance, meaning get gratitude to work in your everyday life. Week two we talked about, which was last week, how it always reveals the truth, gratitude. It always reveals the truth. If, you, if I asked you something and I, I said, hey, what are you most grateful for today? I guarantee you, you could come up with something in your head and you would tell me about it and I would say, well, is that true? Oh my goodness, yes, it's so true. I mean, and you'd go on and on and on about how true that is. But, you know, the contrast to that is deception. And too often, something could go really, really well in your life, and you'd, someone would say, hey, how'd that thing go? And you say, oh, it was great. Everything worked out except for... It's like, why do you have to talk about that thing? You could have just said, everything worked out great. But have you ever noticed that you, people, maybe yourself, and I catch myself sometimes, I'll say that other thing. It's the only thing that I really featured. And it always comes after, oh, everything went really, really well. Except, or but, or there's this one thing. Okay, listen, you don't need to feature that stuff. You can just be grateful that everything worked out good. Good. Because the, the, the gratitude only reveals the good. That's it. It only reveals the truth. And the more you experience, and I'm not, again, I'm not just talking about superficial gratitude here. I'm talking about you really thought about it. You really answered that question with conviction, and you really expressed the thoughts and the feelings associated with that. And you, you, you even maybe dug a little bit deeper about the, the details behind that thing. There's never, I'm so grateful for this, except this one thing. No, you never do that. It's, I'm very grateful for this. And it's truth. And the more truth, more awareness of truth that can come through the power of gratitude, the more truth that that, 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 that stimulates in you, guess what? The more truth you're going to ultimately become aware of. The answers that you're searching for, I promise you, are within an arm's reach of right where you stand today. I wouldn't care what the problem was. I wouldn't care what the circumstance was. Like I said in my prophecy slash prayer tonight, if God can stop the sun, and he did, he stopped the sun. If he can stop the sun and the earth doesn't fly off its axis and off into space somewhere, then you have to put that in perspective. If he can do that, then oh, he could probably help me manage the thing. He probably knows how to get from A to B, and it's probably a whole lot simpler. 
than what I'm making it. But here we are in week three. And as good as all of that was, tonight I'm going to bring you a powerful, powerful revelation that if you'll just grab a hold of this thing, I'm telling you, life will begin to take on a brand new meaning for you. And it's going to take on a meaning that could not otherwise be expressed, but by gratitude, but by saying, I'm to be thankful in every circumstance because this is God's will for me. I'm to be thankful in all circumstances because that's God, God's will for me. And you rehearse that over and over and over, and you meditate on that, and you let that thing come alive in you. I tell you, you can take any scripture in the Bible, and you can begin to meditate on that thing, and I'm telling you, there's more revelation in there than the logos that you power read through. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about tonight overcoming great difficulty with gratitude. And there is nobody in this room or on this planet without difficulty. And some of you need to realize that. Some of you just need to go, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that makes good sense, Pastor Paul. Because sometimes we think we're the only ones going through the difficulties of life. We feel alone. But I got to tell you, if you're in difficulty, you're alive. You're alive. And that difficulty is not there to destroy you. It's there to reveal a flaw deep inside of you. Something that has gone very wrong for a very long time. And you have taken and created justification on all four sides. Impenetrable. Impenetrable. And it seems as though this problem or this set of problems or this set of circumstances keeps coming around on a cycle. It's, a, it's like clockwork. Okay, I got through it. All right, and here it comes again. Same problem again, and here it comes again. Every one of us in this room have overcome something in our, our lives, right? Some of those somethings, you also had barriers on all four sides. You had justification for it. You had an explanation, you know, if it just wasn't for my boss, if it just wasn't for this, if it just wasn't for that, if I just had this, if I just had that, and it's just like, whoa, 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 wait a second here. I have big news for all of you. And you need to get your pen out and write this down. Life is not happening to you. It's happening from you. You are the source of all of your fruit in your life. You're the source of it. Jesus said, you will know my people, how? By their fruit. Fruit. What do trees do? They produce fruit. 
And if they don't produce fruit, what did Jesus do to the tree that wasn't producing the figs? He cursed it to the, its very root. And what I want you to know, and, and I don't have this in, in my notes, Titus, but in James 2, it talks about, I will show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is cursed. It's cursed to the root, man. You could have, say, I've got the greatest faith in the world, but I have zero corresponding action to that thing. Don't expect fruit. Don't do it. You, we talked about this last week. You could have all the goals in the world that you'd want, but if you don't know what the standards are that you're going to maintain to get to those goals, you've got zero chance to get there. Oh, no, God will get me there. God will make a way. God will do it. God ain't going to do nothing for you that you're not willing to do your part to get there. He won't do it. He won't do it. He's, he's not a jack-in-the-box or a genie-in-the-bottle. You know, this is not something to dabble with. Dabbling in what I'm talking about tonight, saying, I'm a believer, I believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and I am a disciple of his. Man, you just signed up to get into an army, and you are about to fight the biggest battles of your life. And I promise you this much, the general who's given the orders, he has got the perfect plan, the perfect strategy to get you from where you are out into that world and to make a difference. I mean, a huge impact. A huge impact. Way more than the Bible says, way more than you could ever ask with your mouth or think with your brain. But if we don't get to the stuff that is preventing us from fighting that fight, from getting in that fight, you know, a fighter has options, don't they? So a professional fighter, they can either A, take the fight, or they can decline it. Nope. Nope. Not taking that fight. Nope. 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 So they can either take the fight, or they, de they can decline it. Once they're in that ring... They have two op well, they have three options. One is I win the fight. Second is I lose the fight. And the third is no mas, throw in the towel, quit. And this is exactly what we're dealing with right now in our lives. If that fighter does not walk into that ring knowing he or she is going to win that fight, they've already lost. I wouldn't care if they actually won the fight. Physically, if they walked in with the mindset that, oh, I'm, I'm going to get my clock knocked out. Man, I, I, I'm not going to be able to make it, and it might be too much, and I might have to quit, and I might have to give up. No, a fighter will always win. Always win. Even when they lose, because they have the mindset they have a mindset. Oh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the athletic ability that I have. I'm grateful that I put the time in to get myself ready for this thing. I'm grateful for all million things before I ever walk in that ring. And I'm telling you guys, the bell has rung. And the way I know the bell has rung is because you're dealing with difficulty and you're not willing to make the best choice, which is, I'm going to win. 
I'm here to fight. And I'm not here to fight people. I'm not here to fight circumstances or situations. None of that stuff. The greatest fight within me is to believe the truth that will set me free. That's your greatest battle you'll ever face because you've already defeated the enemy when you do that. All he has to offer you is deception. That's it. And the moment you can expose the deception that he carries is the moment you'll have your victory. And I'm telling you, it, goals are great to reach. But I'm, in my experience, the better thing, the better thing than obtaining the goal is who I got to become because I, I gained greater insight, greater truth about who I was in Christ. And it's no longer me in that area that lives. It's the Christ that lives within me. But guess what? There's another young punk ready to come and take my belt. There's another one. They're a mile long. And if I'm not careful, I'll just kind of rest on my laurels, and I'll just think, well, no, I, I don't need to fight anymore. No, I, I'll leave that to somebody else now. No, I, I'll, I'll just keep on keeping on doing what I'm doing. I, I kind of like the belt that I got here. Praise the Lord. You know, I like to show it to people. See, this is my testimony. And that testimony was from 1987. Hey, 87 was great. But how many other... Uh, opponents have you pulled back shied away from and never taken it on head on as I'm going to win this fight you think man Pastor Paul it's so painful to change it's painful I have to acknowledge that what I was doing maybe wasn't the right thing. I got to tear down those four walls of justification now. I think we call that failure. We call that failure. And in our culture, we have been conditioned that failure is bad. Failure is not bad. Listen, listen, guys. Failure is not a bad thing. It's not bad. You can learn something that was not otherwise possible by declaring this failed thing as what it is rather than what you're telling yourself. There's two things that are worse than just the failure. One is perpetuating it. You know it's a failure. You know you're going to have to do something here. You know something's got to change. And instead, you, you blame and you justify all this other stuff. And if it wasn't for all of them, then I, you know, I'd have what I have. You participated in all of it. <laughs> I don't care what it was. You participated in that. You chose to focus on the negative rather than focus on the positive. Oh, there's something good here. Because that's what it says God's will is for me. Oh, I'm supposed to be thankful in all circumstances. Oh, my goodness. And yet you're not. 
But the second, I mean, thing that's worse than the failure in perpetuating it is feeling bad about it. Those are the only things worse than the failure. Don't raise your hand if you've never failed. Yeah, <laughs> just for you out there, there's no hands up in the room whatsoever. So as much as difficulty, everyone's going through that, everybody's going to go through failure. It's okay. It's okay. Jesus knew you were going to fail. That's why he came and experienced those difficulties, because he knew that you could not ex overcome them on your own. So you do your part so God can do his part, and all of a sudden greater revelation comes into your life, and you could never go back to the justification you used to hold so dear that boxed you in right there that just said, hey, you know, everything's just this way, and if it wasn't, then I wouldn't be here. Once you break through all that and you overcome in that area of your life, the Bible says you'll never thirst again in that area of your life. And it's the truth. That is the truth that will make you free, not only in the circumstance you're in now, but in every circumstance, failure, uh, difficulty that you're ever going to endure. But if you don't have gratitude and your whole focus is on the problem and maintaining the, you know, it reminds me of those, those people that go up and they have a whole bunch of people with sticks in their hands and they start spinning the plates all the way down. And they got to keep running back and forth and back and forth. That's what it's like to defend a failure. That's what it's like to cower from difficulty. Because guess what's eventually going to happen? Every one of those plates is going to hit the ground. You're, you're going to exhaust yourself. You ever, when you were younger, told a lie, and then you had to tell another lie, and then you had to tell another one? Remember how exhausting that was? And then you couldn't remember the lie that you told about the other lie. And then all of a sudden it comes full circle back on the playground. And oh, no, you said the other thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. And now you're caught. And now you're caught. All I want you to know is that you're caught right now. You, the evidence or the fruit of your life cannot lie. You cannot produce something that you do not possess. And that's okay. Wow, what a great opportunity for you to challenge yourself to become better and more truthful about what you're dealing with and know that you possess everything. The Bible says you possess everything that pertains to life and to godliness. Everything. You possess that already. And so when you can grab a hold of this, you go, oh man, I'm not the only one in difficulty, but I may be the only one in my little flock that's willing to do something about it. Sometimes we get caught up in, in, in relational buy-in. You and your spouse, or you and your sister, you and your brother, you and your mother, your father, whatever that is, it's conditional, that relationship. It works because you have an agreement. And that agreement may not be the healthiest agreement. And so guess what? When you 
decide to deal with difficulty or failure in your life in a brand new way, you got to break these agreements. <laughs> and I'm telling you, those agreements actually need to be broken because they're wasting your time and they're wasting their time. But I would also tell you to be cautious when you do that, particularly with those intimate relationships. Sometimes we get the big aha and we just want to pop right over. Well, it'd be better if you went there day by day because the more you can talk to those people about what you're doing and why you're doing it and how it's going to work, the better they can have a point of reference for what you're doing. It's critical, guys, that we begin to challenge ourselves. Now, I, I wrote this down, and I, I have the most horrible penmanship. You can just ask my wife if you don't believe me. Of course, you can't read this, so you have plenty of evidence here. Just so you all know, I was born left-handed and forced to learn how to write right-handed. Anybody my age that knows about that, and they did that to kids when they were little? Yeah, <laughs> that was me. So I... I do some things left-handed, and I write right-handed, and it's, it's horrible. Anyway, if we look at this top box, how many people would agree that getting to a place of joy and hope, beauty, creativity, imagination, gratitude, integrity, initiative, um, inner love, inner wisdom, intuition, appreciation, humor, happiness, unconditional love, ecstasy and exaltation, peace and serenity, oneness, unity, vast awareness, divinity. How many people know that would be a great life? In fact, I'm probably here painting a picture of heaven. But where are we supposed to bring heaven? Oh, man, who said that? Oh, Jesus. In fact, he said, pray that way. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? As it is in? Okay. So, gravity pulls in what direction? Down. Down. It pulls down. And if it, it, can we have strength without gravity? No. You'd, you'd be a weakling. You, you wouldn't be able to pick up a pencil. I mean... Nothing. You, you, you would just, you'd be a bag of bones. But what I want you to know is, is that we need to grow in our strength. And our strength is going to come from within. Right here. Our strength is going to come from within us. This is why you've been made to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Right? But down below here, we have some other things. And a lot of us spend a lot of our time here if we're productive. And, and that's being content, having a routine, you're functional, sometimes bored. Okay? But you've got some courage. You know, you're kind of relaxed. You're ha you've got some eagerness about you, some fun. 
you know, acceptance is a normal thing in your life and, and willingness and optimism and, you know, you're busy and productive and, you know, you've got intelligence and knowledge and reasoning. All those things are like earthly things. Earthly things. And you'll do well. With most of these things, you'll do well. But the, the question becomes, if you're kind of that middle-of-the-road person and all of this is available up here, well, guess what? There's a whole bunch of garbage down below, too. Remember which way gravity is going to pull you. And if you don't resist the gravity, you're not going to become strong in your life. You'll be weak and anemic, and you'll wonder, God, where are you? And God, are you with me? And no, oh, no, you're not with me. And all this kind of nonsense. And you've convinced yourself that you're weak. I'm here to tell you you're not weak. I don't have them all listed there, but let me read some of these for you. So this is low-level stuff. Guilt, shame, humiliation, hatred. Apathy, blame, despair, depression, hopelessness, grief, sorrow, self-pity, despair, regret, fear, worry, shyness, inferiority, paranoia. You know, paranoia is you deciding something's happening that's really not happening, and you believe that it's happening? Yeah. Craving, need, compulsion. Unfulfilled desire, anger, domination, aggression, coldness, antagonism, criticism, discontent, complaint, blame, concern, pride, superiority, arrogance. So like I said, you can do pretty well on the middle ground. The question is, which one of those things that I just mentioned is dragging you down and holding you to become weaker Never building resilience against those things. These opponents having their way more often than not. There's no gratitude down here. There, you're not even in gratitude in the middle ground yet. Not even in the middle. You're just working, man. You've you got a stack of bills, and you've got to get stuff done, and you know how to do it. And that's a very worldly idea. But if you can start working on and defeating these little giants down here, you're going to become stronger and stronger and stronger, more resilient in your life, and more of the truth will begin to operate in your life. And I'm here to tell you that gratitude is the key to that change. Because gratitude will always reveal the good in every circumstance, every situation, and it will always tell you the truth. You're either grateful or you're not for something. Isn't that true? <laughs> I mean, it's as true as you're ever going to get. It's like the great lie detector test. It is. Because it's going to bring reminders to you of all the good things in your life. And the more of a perspective of the good you have, the more good you're going to see. You know, I'm not into the whole law of attraction nonsense. If you're into that stuff, I'm telling you, that is a worldly concept that was robbed from the Word of God, which is called faith, 
You're not a, faith doesn't attract things to you. That is nonsense. Absolute nonsense. What faith will do is heighten your awareness of what God has already accomplished for you that's already laid up in heaven for you. Your name on it. You're never going to be closer to all the, the desires of your heart than you are today. But I'll tell you, all of these things down here, these things, these opponents down here, will knock the sense right out of you. Knock it, common sense, knock it right out of you. You'll be thinking about things in ways, even about yourself, that you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemies. And it's going to drag you down. You've been given the Word of God. And all I can tell you is, the more fear you have, the more of that you're going to get. The more love you have, the more of this you're going to get. And I'm not talking about lust. And I'm not talking about false ideas about love. I'm talking about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is all the good stuff you need. And the beautiful thing about love is, is it's completely unconditional. Not only towards you, but how you are towards yourself and to others. You will fulfill the entire law. The one that holds you accountable to all of your failures and all of your mistakes. You'll fulfill all of it if you'll learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love your... You can't love, you can't give something you ain't got. You can't do it. You can't do it. And you got to love yourself enough to deal with these opponents down here. And I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm not, no, there's no, you put that white towel away. I don't care if we got to go all 15 rounds and it comes to a draw and it's a sudden death match. There's one person leaving here whole. There's one person here leaving fulfilled. There's one person here leaving this life of that torment. But you're going to need to convert immoral identity, which is those things. You think, oh, that's not immoral. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Concern and pride and all of those things, but that's immoral. That's beneath you. Beneath you. Completely beneath you. Doesn't mean it's not going to come up. Everybody's fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, I have a cause for Christ in my life. I come into these areas of my life. I try to fight my hardest to get away from these things, claiming the word of God over my life. I'm not going to take no for an answer. Man, I may have gone the, the first five rounds and found myself on my back four of the five rounds, but I've gotten back up. I'm still standing here. I'm still sucking air, and I'm still going to win this fight and there's times where you fight and you fight and you fight and you get weary and you get tired and you got to be careful don't grow weary in that fight 
Don't grow weary in the fight. You don't get weary in a moment. You grow weary. Each, each time you're hit with that, each time you fail at, at overcoming that thing, every single time you're taking that blow, you're taking that blow. And listen, it's not only happening to your soul or your mind, it's happening in your life. And that's the worst of it. It's, it's out there for everybody to see. This is the way I am on the inside. This is who I am. This is who I am. But I'm willing to change. So you got to convert that immoral identity into moral identity. Mediocre into excellence. Self-deprecation into self-respect. Respect yourself. You're the vessel of God's glory. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You, you're the place that God chose to dwell in. You're the one that God sent His only begotten Son, that if anybody believed in Him, they'll never perish, ever, ever, ever. But we've got to resist the need to perish. There's only two things you're ever going to experience in your life, to one degree or the other, and that's pain or pleasure. And I promise you that the pain is all down here. It's even in, in the middle section, too. That working hard and just getting the bills paid and just going through life and just punching the clock and just no fulfillment. No, none of that's happening. And so these are real punches in the gut that hurt. They hurt bad. And they, 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 almost, they, they almost reinforce all of this down in here. It's like, oh, here it comes again. Here it comes again. Oh, I shouldn't expect anything more. Oh, I tried that tithing thing and it didn't work. Oh, I tried that faith thing and it doesn't work. I'll tell you this much. If you tell me that faith doesn't work, your faith in that proves your own results. You're exactly right. Oh, that belief stuff doesn't work. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Because you believe that. You're exactly right. And sometimes we can't get to the point where we tell ourselves, I believe this garbage. We don't get ourselves there. I'm telling you, this 30-day gratitude challenge gets you there. You'll see every work of the devil. And by the way, you're going to see all the truth to walk you right out of all of that mess if you'll do the work if you'll do the work. You're going to go from the worst to the best. From cowardice to courage. To justifying everything in your life to justice. Oh man, justice is a beautiful thing. Man, if you committed no crime and you were called into court and you, you had evidence to support the fact, your whole alibi, you have witnesses and everything else, you going to be worried about that? Not a chance. Not a chance. Wasn't even there. I was clear over here. And all I'm telling you is, in the justification of all this stuff, guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Worried. Concerned. Oh my goodness, how am I going to get out of this? Oh no, no, here it comes again. Oh, there's that thing that I do that I hate. You're not alone. The greatest apostle ever to be known, Apostle Paul, 
said, the one thing that I know not to do, I find myself doing. He was dealing with all this stuff too, just like every other human being. And I want you to know that Jesus had to experience all this down here too, and yet never sinned. Never made it a part of his daily routine. Never made even the middle part a part of his daily routine. It wasn't about what he knew. It wasn't about how much he could reason. It wasn't about how much he could do just for the sake of getting things done or paid. He operated up in here. Joy, hope, love, beauty, creativity, great imagination beyond your wildest imagination. He was there. All of this stuff up here is how he walked every day of his life. There's something called the litmus test. <laughs> it's where you take a high standard to make a judgment about something as to whether you're going to accept it or not. Taking a high standard and saying, okay, is what I'm dealing with here should that be accepted or not? And I'll tell you, in this new world that we're in, that litmus test has gotten really screwed up. Super weird. And it's robbing people of who they are in their identity. It's races now. It's genders now. It's all these things are now getting blurred. Blurred. For what? To rob you <laughs> of the way, the truth, and the life that you're all entitled to walk in all the days of your life in spite of your weaknesses, in spite of your difficulties, in spite of all of the things that seem to be going bump in the night. All God wants to capture in these areas of your life is your heart on this. And it's not, oh God, I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm going to do. Get past all the tears. And get to the point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And start to think about the things above. Start to think about the things that the higher I can go away from that, the stronger I become in every area of my life. And I'll never be the same again. Sometimes we just get stuck in asking God to forgive you. He forgave you. You're, listen, you're forgiven. It's not the umpteenth millionth time that he finally, okay, well, I heard you that time. Oh, praise God. All right, yeah, I finally, I release you. It's right here. It's right here. It's to have the heart, have the willingness to fight the good fight of faith, to overcome these things that are so deeply rooted on the inside of us and robbing us of the promises of God. I think of Paul and Silas in prison. Prison. And what did they do? They shouted songs of thanksgiving. 
Songs of thanksgiving. You know, when you get into a good old song and you start to feel that song and you get a little choked up and all of that kind of, that's the kind of singing they were doing. Yeah. There's no difficulty, none whatsoever, that you can't look at yourself in the mirror and see the faults that are there and begin to move yourself up into the most wonderful life you've ever experienced a lie. I'm here to tell you these things because of my personal experience with these things. Things that, that I used to think, well, quite frankly, starting in life, I told you my testimony last week of how difficult that my childhood was, and I lived here. I had no sense of anything. I, I had no idea what to do in life. Like, I don't know. And all of a sudden, I come to the Lord, and I start to go, oh, there's something better. Oh, I could develop knowledge about God. And the more knowledge I got, I was like, well, that's good, but I wonder what it would be like to live some of this stuff. So then I become naive and think, well, I'm just, if the Bible says it, I'm just going to do it. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is real. Like, this isn't artificial in any way. And I started to renew my mind to the Word of God and started to live more and more and more. And listen, I got a long ways to go, guys. He's just, you know, that's this lady right here in the front row. She'll tell you. She lives up here. Like, way, like here sometimes. It's like spooky. You just, yeah, she's way high. That's, that's exactly right. Way high. But I started to, at first, toy with this stuff. I'm just being real with you. I just kind of wanted to test it a little bit. Like, okay, that's what it says. And my bishop said that you can claim anything in the Word of God. Then, well, then I want this. <laughs> and so, and at first it was just about getting something. God will honor all this stuff, guys. He'll honor it all. He knows where you're at. He knew my heart. That was the most important thing. And all of a sudden, you get the thing, and you're like, well, but I want this too, and I want that. Oh, my gosh, I want that over there. Oh, and then I want some of this, right? And then all of a sudden, God's like, are you getting anything out of this, or, or, or you just want that? And these are all good things. Uh, well, you, I, I, I guess you got a point. Yeah, you, you need to let your pride go, Paul. Just a little bit there. Just, just let that go, right? You got to let go of the greed. You got to let go of things and, and start to understand it's not what you hold in your hand, but it's what you're holding in your heart now. You see, you're, you're starting to get revelation about this now. Oh, my goodness, it's revelation. Like the stuff that I learned along the way. And that became, for me, the greatest transformational thing. And it actually stimulated more and more hunger for kicking the devil's butt. Oh my goodness, I thought, my God, I have the greatest weapon ever known to mankind. 
It's the Word of God. And it's called the Good News. Oh, buddy. All this bad news is going to have to find a new dwelling place. And I'll tell you, Have you ever seen a big weed that grew in your backyard? Oh, yeah, I remember. And, and Mike needs to get better at pulling weeds. And you go to pull that sucker out, and it pulls a gigantic clump right out of you. This stuff, it hurts. It hurts. But you know what? It's kind of like having a cut and then putting the Band-Aid on. And you know it's going to hurt to pull the Band-Aid off. But you got to make it happen. And I'm telling you, the pain of getting rid of this once and for all was not as great as a lifetime with that in charge. I'm going to give you a couple more scriptures here before you go. It says in 1 John 4, 4, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those other people. <laughs> because the spirit who lives in you, <laughs> it's greater than the one that lives in the world. You got to get out of the circumstance, out of the situation. You got to get into your life, get out of your head. And, and, and begin to manifest what it is that God has for you. It's not about them. It's about you. Just one is all it would take for Jesus to come. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For them. Should always be growing. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, oh, we already read that, Matthew 5.37, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is evil, absolute evil in your life. If someone asks you a question, give them a straight answer. If you don't know the answer, tell them you'll get back to them. But come back with the answer. And not your answer. Not the one that's riddled with all this nastiness or even this middle ground. But you got to go higher. And you got to begin to hear the clarion voice of God. The last scripture here is Matthew 5.37. Oh, we just did that. So that was the last one. Last thing I want to say is cognitive dissonance is when you say you want one thing but then you don't follow through. You don't set the standards for that. So you could say, I want to become healthier, but then you don't eat a healthy diet, you don't exercise, you're stressed out all the time, you never sleep, and you never drink water. You drink coffee all day, right? That's cognitive dissonance, saying I want one thing, but I'm not going to do it. I want you all to get rid of cognitive dissonance. It's robbing you of the quality of your life. 
I'll promise you this much, that there's no more effort in doing the right thing than you continuing to do the wrong thing. Gratitude is your key to greater truth. Please, please take the time to start that gratitude journal. Please answer the questions. Please go deep with this thing. Next week, I'm going to need some testimonials. Remember, I gave everybody special pricing. Five bucks is all you paid for the book. It's a $15 book. I would like you each to write something. The, what the 30-day gratitude challenge has provided to you. Don't necessarily worry about the book. I'm teaching you the book as we go here. So just a sentence or two. Would you be willing to do that for me? That'd be wonderful. I would thank you. If you want to share a testimony, let me know between now and next Wednesday, and I will have you come up and share a testimony as well as to what gratitude or the 30-day gratitude challenge has done for you. And I'd love to hear what those things are. So uh, we will use those testimonials just so you're aware uh, to promote the book. If you don't have a testimony to share about the 30-day the gratitude challenge, whether it's the teaching or the workbook itself, let it go, okay? I'm not here to sell books, but I do want to hear what gratitude has done for you. Amen? Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you out of a heart of gratitude. We thank you, Father God, for greater love than we've ever had before. Less fear than we've ever had before. And right now, Father God, I just pray that a spirit of thankfulness would begin to flood over every person listening to this tonight. You're thankful for us and we're thankful for you. But it's time for us to express that gratitude, not only with just our thoughts or our words, but through our actions and to living a life worthy of the calling that you've given to us. If there's any of you tonight that need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you already have and you want to come back to Jesus, now's your opportunity to do that. Let's all pray together tonight the prayer of salvation. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, a brand new creation in Him. I give you my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you on Sunday. Bring a friend.